So think about the things that you don't enjoy doing and the things that take up the most of your time. I would say those are the two criteria that you really need to look at initially. And I think there's some obvious things to outsource right away in business. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davey Jones. Today, we are chatting with photographer and entrepreneur, Melissa Jill. Melissa impressively runs three businesses with five different income streams. And much of what we talk about today is how she was able to build and manage all these different businesses through outsourcing and hiring a team. We also get to hear about how she started her latest business, an album design company called Align, which we've actually used and highly recommend to others. We end the episode with a brief conversation about some of Melissa's best tips for effectively selling albums. Even if you're not a photographer, I think you'll find this conversation helpful as you think through ways that you can optimize your own customer's value. Be sure to check out the show notes at DaveyandKrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And I'd like to hear from you about what kind of content you'd like to see on the Branson Book Podcast as we move forward. I'd also like to know what episodes have you enjoyed most so far and why. To leave your feedback, head on over to the Davy and Krista Facebook page and send us a message. Now, on to the episode. All right, I'm here today with Melissa Jill. Melissa has three businesses to talk about. So if you're if you're sitting there thinking you're trying to get one business off the ground and you have just so much to do uh, and you're not sure how to do it all, Melissa has three businesses, five streams of income. And, and that's a lot of what we're talking about today is you know how she's able to get a lot of that kind of stuff done, you know, just to make it work. Uh, because I think some of us have a hard time wrapping our head around whatever the one business is that we're running. But welcome, Melissa. Thank you so much, Davey. It's great to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited to start chatting about a number of things. One, diving into your entrepreneurial story, because I just think it's fascinating. And, you know, we use one of your businesses. And it's been, well, I guess one of my greatest regrets in our business is that we didn't start using a line album company, which is one of your businesses earlier, you know, and in part, I'm not sure when it started, but we started using it towards the end. And we'll get into like, you know, what all that is. But when we started using it, we were like, why, (laughs) why have we been trying to do this on our own? You know, it was just so incredible. Um, And you're just a, you're a starter, you know, you've been in business for, we were just talking before the show here, 16 years and you, you said you started off something almost every two years. So take us back, you know, where did things start for you? You know, how did you get yeah. this entrepreneurial bug? That's a great question. I mean, I never took a business class in my life. I didn't really know I was an entrepreneur. I guess looking back on my childhood, I like always wrangled like the neighborhood kids to do <laughs> different things. And then I just like kept the money. <laughs> <laughs> So I was I was always a leader in that way, but I didn't realize that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I just love photography. And I think that's most of our stories, right? Mm-hmm. You know, 
we love the photography side of things. And then we figure out how to be a business owner and how to be an entrepreneur. And thankfully, once I got into it, I realized I actually really like the business side of things. And so that was a huge blessing. And so the more I learned, um, of course, you know, as an entrepreneur, you just have so many ideas and that doesn't mean you should always execute on all those ideas, but I ended up doing so, you know, pretty much every two years. So I started my business in 2003. And let me just caveat this by saying like, at no time did I really know what I was doing you know, <laughs> when I started something new. Like every single time I started something new, I really didn't know what I was doing. And I had no idea how big of a bite I was biting off, you know, like until I got into it, did I realize, wow, this is a big undertaking, you know, sure. started my business in 2003. I was able to go full time in 2004, which was awesome. Um, the economy was doing really well then. And 2006, I started blogging kind of around the time blogging started again, had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, I guess I'm supposed to do this, you know, came <laughs> home from WPPI and I was like, I'm going to start a blog. And started teaching workshops in 2008 as a result of blogging because I had photographers following me and were interested in learning. Um, so did workshops for many years after that and then um, started my associate photographer program in 2010. So I have a team of four associates that shoot weddings for my business at lower price points. And then um, in 2012, I decided, let's start another business. I started <laughs> Align Album Design um, to help other photographers with their album workflow. And albums are just something I'm really passionate about. So would love to talk more about that. But started that seven years ago in 2012. In See, this is the thing. I wish, I wish you said like 2005, <laughs> because that means that we spent four years doing, yeah. uh, you know, trying to put together our own albums and revisions and handling all of that when we could have just been outsourcing it to you. I think the last year we were shooting, we outsourced all our album design to you and it was never easier, nor was it ever that profitable because I think it just cut down on the time that we had to spend on it. Mm -hmm. I'm jumping ahead here. I actually do want, I want to go back to and talk a little bit about your associate program and just how you decided to add an associate program to your business. You know, what was it that, uh, that made you decide to go that route? Well, there was two things. I was getting a lot of inquiries from brides saying, I love your style, but I can't afford you. Who would you recommend? And so I was referring out to a lot of other photographers in my area. But I also was really well networked in my area. And I had a lot of relationships with photographers who loved the photography side, but not the business side. And they weren't excelling at their own businesses. So just the two of those things kind of came together. And I realized, you know, I could use some of these photographers who just love the the photography side of things to work for me and to shoot weddings and, and do something they love um, and then make use of these leads that I had worked hard to generate through my brand. So it was just something that kind of made sense and came together. I had the right people. And I think that's key for an associate team or any team of any kind is the right people are so key. So it's like, don't do it if you don't have the right people, you know, because I mean, they're representing your business, but I just have been blessed and had the right people. And um, it's been a great uh, thing to add to our offerings. Yeah. You know, when we were shooting about the idea of an associate program, but just assumed uh, wrongly that everybody was like us, you know, everybody liked yeah. running the business too, you know, so uh -huh. who would just want to come shoot for us? But looking back would have been a great way to scale a, a business. And I, I think when people think of scaling, they think, oh, I have to have some sort of digital product that 
you know, I sell, but there's other ways to grow your business, you know, Absolutely. one through hiring a team. And that's something that we fortunately learned within Davy and Krista, you know, the web design and branding mm-hmm. business that has really allowed us to grow that. So really interesting. Again, just hearing your story, I feel like you started things so much earlier, like blogging in 2006, you know, like I don't yeah. know really many people at all who were blogging back in 2006. You know, I hear a lot of bloggers popping up 2008, 2009, you know, even starting associate programs. I feel like that's something that's kind of making a resurgence, people understanding kind of the, the value of uh, starting a team. And here you were back in uh, 2010 10, doing that, yeah. right? And then we get to 2012. And I want to talk a little bit about uh, Align. So tell us a little bit more about what Align is and how you realized that there was a market for it. Yeah. Well, people started asking me actually, because I was sharing my albums, my album design on my blog and people were like, will you, would you start an album design company? I don't want to do this anymore. I was also selling album design templates at the time. So people were asking me and initially when people asked me that, I was like, just because I can start this doesn't mean I should, you know, like, I don't think I should do everything that I could possibly do because obviously time is our finite resource. We Mm -hmm. don't have time to do it all. But the more I thought about it, um, it just felt like a good fit for me. And again, I thought it would be a fairly simple thing to start and not a big undertaking, but it turns out it's like a huge undertaking, you know, but I think what, when you get into something and you just do the thing that you know you're supposed to do next, um, the rest is revealed, you Mm -hmm. know? And so you just kind of take one step at a time. And that's kind of been, my journey has been very organic like that, kind of figuring out things as I go. And so I launched this company and I have album designers that do the album design itself. Um, That was key as well. Um, And they're amazing. So again, building another team of contractors that are working for me. Um, and they're all just really great, um, was key. And then building like a really robust website was key as well for this business. It's all online based. We serve photographers worldwide. We do, um, the layout of, of their albums. We do all the revision. Um, and yeah, I started the part of the reason I started it is because I am so passionate about my clients having albums and I wanted to help other photographers succeed at albums. Um, so I started it just as an outsourcing company, but it's grown into more of an education platform and resource as well. We want to help photographers start selling albums and to sell albums well. And so, like I said, we can kind of take over the whole workflow from initial design revisions and even communicating with your clients if you want. So our goal is to kind of be a part of your team and and to feel to your clients and to yourself as kind of your own in-house album designer, you know, part of your team. And so we try and make things super simple. Um, and I'm excited to hear that you guys have, have had such a great experience and found it super easy. Um, but we, we charge $8 a spread. It's just a flat fee that includes three rounds of revisions. We can design for any album company out there, but we also offer our own line of in-house book, custom books called Align Legacy Books. So you can kind of get everything done in one place if you'd like as well. So. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I thought the experience was great. And that's important for sure. You know, anytime you outsource something, but then even beyond that, uh, kind of recognizing the profitability again behind album design once the actual nitty gritty of design was off of my plate, you know, and just the improvement, I think, on the client experience. And, you know, the clients were super happy with what they were getting. And I think as a result, you know, all of a sudden it was easier to sell 
uh, duplicate parent albums. So I thought yeah. from that standpoint, I, I just wish that, you know, we had taken that off of our plate altogether years before we actually did, because I just think that there was, there was probably so much more money to be made there than ultimately, I think, what we did while we were shooting. But tell us a little bit about what the experience looks like for a photographer who's, who's using a line. Uh, you know, how do you manage revisions and stuff like that? Yeah. So um, we do the initial design uh, in four business days or less, usually in two. And you fill out a simple online order form, send us your images and you get a beautiful layout. And then, like I said, you get the three rounds of revisions. Typically, photographers will use one of those rounds to kind of make a few adjustments themselves before they send it on to their clients. And then they'll give their clients two rounds to to make changes as well. Um, We have a hands off service, which is just $10 per order. And basically that allows us to communicate directly with your client as your album designer. And we don't put any of our branding on anything. So they don't even have to know that you're outsourcing your logos on everything. We just put our name as your album designer on emails, that kind of thing. So we want to make it really about making you look like a rock star to your clients, you know, like we want you to have fast turnaround times. We want you to have beautiful designs. We want your clients to feel like they're having a custom experience and that their hand is being kind of held through the process because it can be a very overwhelming experience for a bride and groom to figure out what what images and how they want that laid out and that kind of thing. And I think for, for photographers, we can do a design ourselves, you know, with the software that's out there nowadays, and you can figure out how to put together an album ourselves. But when you get to the revision process, that's the big, big <laughs> issue, right? Because your client gets back to you at the worst, most inconvenient time with a huge list of revisions and you're off shooting and then your service isn't good. So you're not getting back to them. And and the unfortunate thing is this is the end of their experience with you. And if you leave them with a poor taste in their mouth, you could lose what was once rave review. So this is just a way to continue to care for your client through the entire experience and leave them raving about you. And I think a way not to let album design get to be a year out. You know, I think right. that was is something that we struggled with really early on was we finished the wedding, we deliver the images. And then uh, a year later, it's like, hey, I'm ready to design my album, you know, exactly. and then that process takes, you know, another couple months. So uh, obviously, we're big fans and, and we've used uh, a line before. So if you're a photographer and you're looking to get something off your plate, I think this is a great place to kind of dip your toe in the water uh, as far as outsourcing goes, I think. And really understanding how valuable that can be. And maybe this is a good segue because I want to talk about, and I've just noticed it kind of as a theme throughout your business in starting a team uh, for your photography business, then starting a team for a line. Um, You've just seemed to understand how valuable it can be to outsource, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think I use outsource loosely because building a team and outsourcing aren't necessarily the same things, but I think they provide a related benefit outsourcing uh, is something that I think took me way too long to learn the value of that. But you've been able to get all of these businesses off the ground, I think, because you've sought out building a team, you've probably gotten things off your plate that you don't need. Um, When did you realize that? Like, how did you realize that? You know, what makes you so comfortable with giving things to other people to do? Yeah, well, trust me, at the beginning, I did not feel that way. I had the typical control issues that so many entrepreneurs and photographers have. We 
you know, our businesses are our babies and we don't want anybody else messing them up and it can be scary. So we kind of hold everything close um, and we do everything ourselves at the beginning. And I think for me, I, I did everything for my business for one full year that I was full time just doing my photography business. I did everything myself. And then I realized, especially like the editing, it was just so much. And so I actually hired somebody part-time just to help me with editing, like after that first full year in business. And and that was all that she did. And I think just taking that one step and having it succeed and seeing the benefit of it Mm. really opened my eyes to like, wow, this is the only way to really grow a business and succeed. And so it was that sense of freedom that I had to be able to work on the business rather than just in the business, feeling burnt out, exhausted, like I could never get ahead. And having that freedom and realizing the benefit of it really accelerated me into getting more and more things off my plate and figuring out how to do that well and to find the right people to help me with that. And I think that's key, you know, um, just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should. Sure. And I think the most successful people outsource nearly everything that doesn't play to their strengths or that they simply don't have to do themselves. One of the books I read early on is The E-Myth Revisited, Why Most Small Businesses Fail, Why They Don't Work and What to Do About It um, by Michael Gerber. I just highly recommend it. And he talks about kind of how there's two different types of entrepreneurs. There's people that really have a savings on cost, you know, Mm -hmm. mindset. And these are the people that want to do everything and control everything. But really what this results in is burnout and ultimately in business failure because you can't do it all and you end up just working in your business rather than on it. The second type of person, you know, realizes that they can grow through delegation and and they can increase their profit that way. And so letting go of some things that you don't have to do allows you to focus on what you alone can can do. Um, and then just hiring and partnering with the people that maybe can do things better than you can, you know, like, yeah, we're all experts at photography, but are we all experts at like album design? You know, mm-hmm. is that what we're created to do? I don't think so. And even if you enjoy doing it, it doesn't mean you should do it. I think, you know, there's some obvious things that are just huge time sucks that if you could get those off your plate, you can focus on the bigger picture of the business and doing the things like um, visioning, networking, marketing, branding tasks, scaling, starting new ventures, those kinds of things that you really need to do in order to scale and to grow and to see to see real success over time. Yeah, absolutely. I think I admit that I was probably that first person for way too long. Krista yeah. would probably call me out and just say, hey, you, you, really, you still are because she's uh, <laughs> she's become a lot better in learning how to delegate effectively and, you know, train up even the people around her to take on some tasks that that don't need to be on her plate anymore. And she still communicates with all our clients. She still has, right. you know, a very primary role in the design process. Um, but there's just things that she doesn't need to do. And as a result now, she's been able to help especially with some bigger uh, picture projects, but then products in the palm shop, templates, stuff like Uh that, uh, that really allow us to grow uh, and scale our business more. And so, well, and I think that's a good point that bears emphasizing that you kind of pointed out is outsourcing and delegating doesn't mean that you completely lose control, right? Like you still have your hand in 
the client experience. You know, you still can be putting that personal touch. You still can be creating an experience that reflects your brand and your aesthetic. Um, Even if you're doing something like outsourcing editing or album design, like those can still be highly representative of your style and your aesthetic and what you want your client experience to be if you partner with the right people and you just fine tune it to be what you want it to be, you know? And, and so I think that's a good point that you mentioned. It, it doesn't have to be that scary. You know what I yeah. mean? It can just be freeing and it can still be very cohesive experience and product and service for your client. I'd say even in many ways, the client experience is better because she has more time to devote to it, you know, and more mm-hmm. time to pay attention to some of the details uh, that would likely uh, fall through the cracks. I don't know if you found this, Brett, you when you brought on an editor, uh, but there was sort of, at least for us, I felt like there was a one step back, two steps forward in that initial phase of bringing somebody sure. on. Just it took us at least a little bit of time to get people trained, get systems in place. Absolutely. But I think that once you do, things really sort of take off from there. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I've hired, I mean, that's a total other topic, but I think I've hired seven or eight office managers over the course of my whole journey. So I have had a lot of experience (laughs) finding and training people. And obviously I've found that it's worth it, but you do have to find the right person and then you do have to spend time training them. And I think there's a couple things with that, like sitting down with them and training them in a something subjective on how you would do it is key. And then allowing them to do it on their own and then giving them feedback, you know, not Mm -hmm. expecting somebody to get it right away, but expecting them to be teachable and to see progress. Um, And then kind of going back and forth, helping to tweak and fine tune and help train them. But then there's a point, and this is just truth telling to those of us who are perfectionists, we just need to let go. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's perfection and then there's good enough. And I'm not saying that we settle for mediocre. I'm just saying the distance between good enough and perfect is not something that your client is going to notice. It's only something that you care about and it's ultimately selfish of you. You know what I mean? And, and, and so getting it to a point where it is good and it is something that you're happy to have represent you, but not feeling like, it has to be perfect. You need to be able to let go and just move on with your life and and focus on other things. For sure. Done is better than perfect. I will say that that's still probably one of those things that I struggle with. You know, like yeah. Chris is way better at this and she's the one that usually just kind of pushes me over the ledge uh, when I'm, you know, kind of stalled <laughs> out there uh, saying, you know, but if we just tweak this or that. So this is kind of like, this is kind of like therapy for me. I get to talk to all sorts <laughs> of incredible professionals like, uh, like yourself who, you know, have mastered this. Uh, and then it gets me all, you know, kind of jacked up to, uh, to be better at it. So yeah. um, I would love to hear about some things that you think are easy things that people, I mean, I know you mentioned editing for photographers, some things that you think are easy things that people might be able to get off their plate and again, get started with maybe freeing up their time so that they can focus on tasks that are actually going to move their business forward, not just working in the business tasks. Yeah. So think about the things that you don't enjoy doing and the things that take up the most of your time. I would say those are the two criteria that you really need to look at initially. And I think there's some obvious things to outsource right away in business, something like accounting. I mean, there's a reason people get a degree in accounting, right? Don't do your own taxes, get somebody to do that. 
I would say, you know, as far as something that's a huge time suck, editing and color correcting would be another obvious choice early on. And I'm not saying like for me, I still have a hand in that. I call all my own wedding images and then my favorite images, which is about 80 to 100 images from an event, I still color correct those. I still make those perfect. And so I allow myself kind of that ability to be a perfectionist with my very favorite images. And then the remainder of them, I have my office manager or an outside company color correct. And then I have, again, outsource everything that my associates do. So that's one way that you could you could do that. I think you want to look also at your personal life. You know, I outsource my house cleaning. I just don't think that that's a good use of my time as a business owner. You have to think about your time. It's finite and you can use your time that's finite to create something that is not finite, which is money, right? So if you can spend your time making more money than you would pay somebody to clean your house, that's a wise thing to do. Um, as long as you're diligent to actually use that time, you know, to grow your business and to make money. Um, I will say that Krista also uh, found somebody to to clean our house. And it was maybe one of the best things that happened in our marriage, you know, just, <laughs> yeah. and it's not that I didn't help with the house cleaning, but she's kind of next level with just keeping things clean. You know, no dishes uh-huh. at any time can ever be in the sink. <laughs> uh, you know, vacuuming is an everyday thing. It's not oh, like wow. a once or, yeah. you know, twice a week <laughs> thing. So she's just on a different level uh, yeah. than I am. And she, she had mentioned getting somebody in there before. And I kind of pushed back like, Hey, this is just something, you know, we pick up as we go. Like, do we really have to do it? But I'll tell you, it's been uh, it's been incredible. It's life changing. Like, exactly. Yeah. You know, um, one of my good friends, Matt Schmoyer, uh, his wife, Kat runs creative at heart. Um, and she's been on the podcast as well. He was talking to me about it cause they were looking and he was pushing back. I was like, dude, just let it happen. This is going to be so good for your marriage, you know? Uh, yes. So, but anyways, sorry, a little, <laughs> little side note about that for any guys listening out there. Um, it's yes. worth it. So, but yeah, like you, you said, you just have to do it once and have a completely clean house and a happy wife to realize it's good, a good call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely something worth investing in if you're looking for, uh, to get some personal stuff off your, uh, off your shoulders. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's other obvious things, maybe website design and programming, you know, I mean, there are do it yourself things, but you can also bring people in to do that. And it looks so much better than if you do it yourself, you know, there's things like sending images to vendors, I think is a huge missed opportunity for photographers. And it's something they just don't ever get to. But if you can have somebody do that consistently as part of your workflow, that alone could drive your inquiries and your referrals. You know, I mean, I have so many planners, I can't tell you who say no other photographers consistently send me images. It's like pulling teeth to get them from them. And it's like, we have what they need. You know, if you, if that's something that could really drive your business and your bookings, make it happen and systematize it somehow. And if it's something that you're not getting around to ask somebody else to do it for you, it's a simple task. And I think all these add up, you know, like they're probably, you know, $15, an hour tasks that you could, you could bundle together and somebody could, could outsource. I assume that, uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly what your office manager does specifically, but uh, a lot of what you've just mentioned, you know, could probably fall under a role. Absolutely. I have a full-time office manager and I have had for maybe eight or nine years now. Um, I had part-time before that. 
And, you know, it was scary because I was like, how am I ever going to have enough for them to do? But it's amazing once you start listing it out and once you start passing things off, how much you can fill up somebody else's time and free yourself up to do things that really grow the business and the bottom line. Do you think that if you didn't give up these tasks, would you be able to run these three businesses that you have on your own? Absolutely not. I mean, there's just no way. At this point, I've just grown everything to the point where I'm definitely reliant reliant on other people. And that, even though I know that probably sounds scary to the people that are listening, it's not. Once you have a team like that's coming to you with ideas that you would never have thought of yourself and and they're doing things so well that that you have to go back to them and learn what their job is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's really a cool thing when your business kind of takes on that kind of life of its own where there's an expert that's working alongside of you who's just an expert at what they do and you trained them initially but now they're like way better than you would be <laughs> at that task. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you've just not done it for so long and and they're in it and they're always thinking about how to make it better. And it's really, it's a cool thing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, kind of experiencing that a little bit right now with uh, one of our designers, Alex, me and him have been working on some speed optimization stuff, you know, and uh, he's gotten into the nitty gritty of it. And so uh, while I kind of started and I feel like I was showing him some stuff initially, all of a sudden it's like, you know, he's sending me stuff and I don't even understand what I'm like, can you, what, what'd you do? What'd you do to our know. site? You know, it's so um, funny. I mean, I started a line And I wrote this 70 page manual for every single system of the business. And then I trained, you know, I did the off the, the general manager job for a couple years. And then I hired somebody to do it, trained her on it. She continued to develop the manual to where it's now like 150 or 200 pages, you know, she kind of manages the designers and then she goes on vacation and I have to learn (laughs) how to do her job now. You know what I mean? It's like, it's kind of a crazy thing. And people are just like raving about her and how detail oriented and helpful she is. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to mess this up. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Covering for her. So yeah. That's funny. And that's also, I do think it goes back to finding the right people too, uh, for sure. Um, you know, I know uh, all of our team members, I think they do a really good job of like, if there's a question, they'll do their best at kind of figuring it out on their own first. You know, they yep. can always come to us, of course, and ask. But, you know, I think that's one thing I admire about them is they'll try to figure out an issue on their own. Uh, they'll come back maybe with a couple different options on how we, we can tackle uh, that issue. But, you know, I think that kind of thing goes a long way. Um, finding a team member when outsourcing or, or whatnot. But yeah, I would love to chat a little bit too about one one more note about outsourcing you know, in talking to you, you know, running three businesses, five streams of income, and you've said you couldn't do this without delegating other tasks, whether that's via outsourcing or or building a team. Uh, And I think that's true of, as I think through most of my guests, pretty much anybody I know who's running a thriving business, Mm -hmm. every single one of them outsources and has, you know, I would say at least a VA, you know, at least Mm -hmm. some sort of assistant who takes care of some of these other tasks. And so if you're listening and you're just rounding in your, in your business, 
look around. I, I just, you know, the more I look, the more I realize like people aren't doing it all on their own. Absolutely. Um, so I think there's just uh, a lot of value in, in getting over this fear. And uh, like I've said repeatedly, wish I did a lot sooner than I did. But I do want to transition here and talk a little bit about album sales. I know this is something that you're passionate about. We have a lot of photographers who listen to the show here. And so I would love to talk about tips for how they might sell more albums, how they yeah. might sell albums more effectively. And even if you're not a photographer and you're listening, I think that there's still a lot of value in listening to how other industries optimize customer value, you know, mm -hmm. how they take current customers and make more money. Um, right. But I would love to hear, uh, what are your best album tips for people? Yeah, I mean, I could go on and on about this. So I'll just start with some and you can cut me off when we're out of time. But, yeah, yeah, you know, that's um, a really broad question. That's like, yeah. you know, I feel like this, this I could mean, this be the whole episode. this is my field episode. of expertise and we've yeah. got so much content um, on Align Album Design's blog. So definitely check that out if you're interested. I'm also doing a lot of insta storing over on our Instagram account with a lot of free tips. Um, Align Album Design is our Instagram. So check that out. But I guess what I would say for those of you who are maybe listening who are not currently selling albums, if you are not, start. Just start now. I mean, it's one of those things like Davey kind of talked about wishing he had, you talked about kind of wishing you had outsourced. You're going to look back and wish that you had started selling albums earlier on. I mean, think about how many sessions or weddings you have this year and multiply that by about a thousand dollars just for a nice round number. That's how much money you're missing out on. You know what I mean? And so many of us as photographers and especially those who are starting out, they're so fixated on getting new clients that they miss out on the fact that it's way easier to optimize and grow their profit from existing clients. You know, you already have those clients. So if you can just offer them more, offer them something that they could really benefit from, um, it's so much easier to grow your business and your profit line. So my number one tip for selling albums is to sell albums with passion. I think a lot of photographers will say, and this is an excuse I've heard from photographers who are not currently selling albums. They'll say, well, I just don't think my clients are interested in them. But the real truth is, you're not interested in them and you're not communicating about them. And so they don't even know what they're missing out on, you know? And, mm -hmm. and so your clients are going to be a reflection of you and kind of what you're excited about. And so you can't sell something that you aren't excited about yourself. And so figure out if you are passionate about albums and if you're not, you know, that's fine, but I want my clients to walk away with an album. That is the number one product I want them to have. And so I position my albums in that way. I position them as the number one product. I talk about them. I include them in every package. I have a space on my website to show them off and talk about them. I share all the album designs and albums that are finished to show people what they could have and what other clients are receiving and then share my passion about them during the initial client meeting. I have beautiful sample albums that I keep updated. And the reality is you can't sell something in the service-based industry without showing them. And so mm -hmm. having a beautiful sample album is key. If you're meeting people long distance, maybe virtually over Skype or FaceTime, you can still show them the albums. You can still 
have a space on your website to show off the albums. And I have so many stories of people who came in to meet with me who didn't really even plan to spend money on an album. And they walked out of the meeting with a $3,000 album in their package because they just couldn't live without it once they saw it. So that would be my number one tip is kind of look at your business, figure out how to position albums as your number one product, figure out how to share your passion for them with, you know, a personal story, um, I think works really well. Yeah, I would just encourage people to challenge their assumptions. Kind of like you mentioned, I think that was our issue early on when we started our uh, photography business was we just assumed, well, we give people the digital images, why would they want to spend $1,000 on an album? But Mm -hmm. it turns out, people really do want to spend money on an album because it's this tangible product of the service that we are providing them. And I think um, I'll say it, I guess, a little bit more flat out. It's not that your customers probably don't want albums. It's just that maybe you're scared of selling, you know, or maybe you just don't want to do it. I just think that everybody would prefer something tangible in front of them that they can hold and see instead of images that live on a phone or a computer Absolutely. Um, I mean, we're just not serving our clients well, mm -hmm. if they just end up with, you know, an online gallery or thumb drive, like, when are they ever looking at those images, you know, and, and an album is, is a custom product they can't do themselves. We're supposed to be the service provider providing that type of a product. An heirloom, I think of an album as your first family heirloom. It's something that you're going to pass on to generations to come. I have clients who tell me like their three-year-old daughter, it's her favorite book to read, you know, (laughs) and she's like looking through it and having her parents tell her about the wedding day. I mean, that's just something you can't put a price on, you know? And absolutely, if you share that kind of passion and those kinds of stories with your clients, of course, they're going to want their first family heirloom. And of course, you know, their wedding day is deserving of something that special. So tactically, you mentioned that you included um, albums in every one of your collections. Um, How are those set up? Is it set up so that, you know, we had we had an album in at least our top two collections. Mm -hmm. I forget how many spreads it included. But, you know, oftentimes people ended up purchasing more spreads than Mm -hmm. what was included. So how do you organize that? And how do you present it to them? Yeah, I like presenting packages because I just think it's an easier way to visually see what you could get. Um, But I do allow people to customize. So if they ultimately want to take the album out, they can, you know, it's not like a make or break thing. Um, If they really need to save money, and they need to take that out, they can. But by putting it in there initially, you're kind of showing them this is what you should have, Mm -hmm. you know, like, you have to think of yourself as the expert. They're not wanting to figure everything out themselves, you know, and they've never done this before. And so when they come to you, they're really looking for you to be a guide for them to what they should be getting, what they should be including. And so I think putting it in all your packages is just a smart thing to do. And again, like I said, they can take it out if they'd like. And yeah, I think putting, um, you know, a nice entry level album in your initial package that has maybe a minimum number of spreads, you know, 10, 15 spreads. And then what I do during my initial client meeting is I let them know this is what you're getting for this price. But what we typically do is we do design the albums larger than what you ordered, just because right now you don't know how many images you're going to want in your album, you know? And so we design it with what we think are really an ideal number of images to tell the story of the day. And every wedding is a little different. 
and you'll get the proof. And then you can decide at that point if you want to narrow down the spreads to just what you included in your package or um, upgrade for a certain amount per spread. And it's a really great way to cover your design costs Mm because if anybody upgrades, you're covering your design costs right there, right? And it's also just, I think, a great way to serve your clients as long as you really educate them up front this is how it's going to happen. Sure. And kind of um, frame it as a service to them. Um, everybody kind of nods along and is like, yeah, that makes sense, you know? And so I've had great success with upselling my albums. And I think one of the reasons to upsell is you can maybe get your client to include a thousand, fifteen hundred dollar album in their initial package. But what you really want them to have is a $3,000 or $4,000 album. And that's just something that's very difficult to sell up front before mm-hmm. they see their images. Um, it's much easier to sell that once they are attached to those images and see the value of them and want them in their lives. Were there any ways that people could upgrade beyond spreads? Were there material upgrades, for instance, like going from linen to leather or vice versa? I'm not sure which you one. You could do that, be. but my recommendation, and this is another one of my top recommendations for selling albums well, is to remove obstacles to the sale. And so... I think that there's a lot of value in really simplifying your offerings. You know, as photographers, we can kind of geek out on all the options, you know, and and kind of overcomplicate things for our clients. And our clients are really looking, like I said, for a guide. I learned this early on when I was um, years ago when I was remodeling my house and I went to a local brick store and I had so many, you know, remodeling a house is kind of like planning a wedding. You've got so many decisions to make Mm -hmm. and everything costs way more than you want it to. But I just wanted to go to this brick store, get this brick picked out for my fireplace and just be done with one more thing on my list. But I went in there and the manager was so geeked out on brick, like he kept showing me more and more (laughs) options. My blood pressure kept rising. And by the end, I walked out of there not purchasing anything because I was so overwhelmed. And it really made me realize, you know, what my clients are going through when they come to a meeting with me. And they're not taking time out to come to you just for the fun of it. They Mm -hmm. actually want to give you their money. And so try to make it as easy as you can on them to give you their money. And so that's why I really recommend simplifying the options. Most clients just want to point to something and pay for it. You know, they want to say, I like that sample album and not that one. Give them two distinct sample albums to choose from and ask them which one they want. They get to have that type of cover material. They can maybe change the color of it if they want, but it comes with that. It comes exactly like what that one looks like. And they're happy. They don't yeah. have to know the other options that they're missing out on. You know what I mean? For and sure. So I guess my, my recommendation when you're picking what you want to offer is pick what you love and then offer that to your clients and pick one other thing that you love and offer that to your clients. And then just kind of include everything else as far as it comes with a leather option, it comes with a photo cover, you know, whatever it is that you pick, have it come with that. And then just upsell the number of spreads. That that would be my recommendation. Yeah. I think one thing that we uh, also did was we would offer uh, duplicate parent albums for, you know, some sort of discount because the work of designing is already done. That's super smart. I mean, parent albums are easy because like you said, it's the exact same design. It's just an extra album that you're ordering at the time that you're ordering it. And so you can sell those for discounted price. And there's something that clients love to get. Parents love to pay for 
bride and grooms love to purchase those for their parents as gifts. So I think that's a no brainer and definitely something you should include in your offerings. We also found that people who didn't purchase parent albums during the wedding season, we'd follow up with people before like Christmas time. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that was just a really popular uh, gift for parents, you know, because shopping for parents is like the hardest thing to do. You know, like I, we always struggle figuring out what to get, you know, my dad or Chris's parents for Christmas, you know? And so if you just got married, parents are generally, you know, I'm just thinking of experiences that I've had, like you walk in and parents are showing you pictures of their kids' weddings, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's so much pride in that. So I think it it becomes a really easy sell around the holidays if people are scrambling to figure out. Yeah. You could run a special around the holidays and sell a bunch of parent albums. That's really smart. Yeah. Well, I know that we could probably go on and on about uh, best tips uh, for album design or just selling albums effectively. But fortunately, you can find more content around this at the Align website, right? Right. AlignAlbumDesign.com. Awesome. And again, if you need to take that first step outsourcing, this is a great way to do it, you know, because one, you're just going to breathe a sigh of relief that you don't have to go through the album design process. So it's just going to be worth it, I think, on that level. 100%. But I think after going through it, you're going to realize that there's so much potential there as well. Melissa, where else can people follow along? Instagram is where we're at um, a lot. Align Album Design is our Instagram and we have our blog. We're always sharing tips there. We're sharing our favorite designs, that kind of thing. So those would be the top two places. Okay, awesome. And be sure to visit the show notes. I will link to all of these different places. I'll link to the book that Melissa mentioned earlier in the episode as well. So check that out if you're driving right now or you're running or whenever you're listening to this podcast and you didn't have an opportunity to jot down notes. Uh, Thank you so much for your time, Melissa. Thank you, Davey. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DaveyandKrista.com. 